Hey guys, it's a new year. Welcome to Fake Nerd Podcast 2021. We're talking about the hottest movie of the Christmas season. It's Wonder Woman 1984. I got Cheetah herself right here. Look how happy she is to be here. And just like as she had that much screen time in the movie, she's gone. <laughs> Bye, Blink. Oh, uh... Welcome to Fake Nerd Podcast. We're talking about Wonder Woman 1984. I'm Ryan Oyopoulos. I got Sparks Witty right here. Hey. I got Brandon T. McClure in one of these corners. There I am. Mm-hmm. And then I got Ben Magnet in the opposite corner. What's up, my friend? Uh, how are you guys? Uh, how are you guys enjoying the hiatus? Oh yeah, it's great. Uh, it's poor Blink looked as hostage <laughs> as we were as audience members of yeah. this movie. Just hey, she's still here. She must love us a little bit. Um, um, uh, yeah, the hiatus has been nice, Brandon. Thank yeah. you for asking. Yeah. Uh, having a little break of not have to worry about something. Even though I I love doing the podcast, it is yeah. nice. Having to sleep in something. Uh, we are we are getting these in the middle of our hiatus. New episode uh, will be coming next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or this coming week, depending on when this goes out. We don't know. <laughs> Who cares? Um, <laughs> but just to give a little sizzle, I got a lot of cool stuff coming down the pipeline for that episode. I think y'all are going to be excited. What? I like pipelines. I like Mario. You like pipelines? I like pipes too. I love Brandon's long hair. Shut up. <laughs> I love it. You shut yeah. up. I really like it. <laughs> I hate it, it. It, it was because you sent the, the picture. No, we got on the call when I called you uh, a couple days after Christmas and yeah. I saw you and I felt like it's like Brandon's hair grew three sizes <laughs> this Christmas. <laughs> it's suddenly very pronounced and I'm hold like, it's great. Let it grow. And on that day in Whoville, they see, they say, Brandon's hair. Grew three times that day. Ben, ben got my reference. I don't know what I'm doing with it anymore. It's Let just it growing. I'm the same way. I like. I should have got a haircut like two months ago, baby. Like, there's a reason I wear a beanie. Oh. <laughs> Boys. Yeah. Yeah, but you normally have your hair that long. All right, all right. No, I, I know him. Oh, him. Yeah, yeah that, Ben's Ben's doesn't count. Um. <laughs> what? Is- just like Ben's 2019 top 10, it doesn't count. Ben, ben, your long hair is a choice. Nothing happening on the three of us is a choice. Um, <laughs> so, but, but for Brandon, it's working. Um, oh, I appreciate it. Also, shut up. Well, okay, we can't beat around the bush about it anymore. Let's talk about Wonder Woman 84. Uh, this was I think I'd rather talk about our hair instead. Hold on. Is that sad? I'd rather talk about hair than uh, Wonder Woman. Let's just go uh, around the horn. Initial thoughts. <laughs> Ben. Yo, I had high hopes. And then they were destroyed. All right, Ryan. Yeah, I, I made the mistake of watching Wonder Woman, the first movie, right before this. So I was like, I was ready for a good movie, and I, I don't think we got a good movie. Sparks? I thought it was perfectly okay. I think I can finally say how I feel about this movie. Since December twenty fifth, I've been I've been wrestling with my with my own sense of self as a cinema fan, with, as my own sense of self as a DC fan. Like I was, I'm was having a rough time, guys. Rough time. So I watched it again this morning. Oh, why? Because I wanted to know how do I feel yeah, about I, this movie. It was like a, like a rhetorical why. Yeah. I hate this movie. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think it's a good movie. None of the D- this is me taking away from from the DC like all that stuff. I just think it's a bad movie, you guys. Like, just I, I don't think it's good. I think the script's kind of bad. I think the plot's bad. I think 
the acting's fine, but what they're saying is stupid. Let's real quickly, uh, Ryan, you mentioned you watched the first Wonder Woman film uh, before you watched this one. I did too. Um, let's real quickly re- refresh the audience's mind. How do we feel about the first Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman movie? Love it. Just I, quick. I, 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 I like it a lot. I, I love it. Except for, yeah. of course, the final part. Well, final fight. Yeah, Ben, you also... Uh, Final act, I mean, final act notwithstanding, the rest of the movie is great. It's yeah, I well, the setting is great, the the action scene is great. I still get chills when you hear the Water Woman theme when she's going across no man's land. It's an awesome quickly, scene. Ben. Um, great. <laughs> I, I stand behind that. I think there's really only two problems with Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman film overall one is that they kill all the gods, and two is that uh is the Ares cgi battle it's just executed poorly outside of the outside of the airy thing i actually really oh, like oh, the final i'm sorry, with the- I'm sorry. One, one more thing that's terrible about that movie uh the beginning and ending stuff that has to make it make sense with bbs uh oh i needed this picture to make me remember humanity whatever um, <laughs> so i i i i uh, outside of the Ares fight sequence i think the third act works really well with steve sacrificing himself i think all that's really good i love that first movie i felt emotion in that movie yeah i felt emotion in that movie where'd it go so so let's let's talk about this movie now this is wonder woman 1984 full spoilers if you're watching this you pretty much know what we're gonna do we're gonna spoil the shit out of this movie that came out on christmas day a second cheetah (laughs) um so let's just dive right into it where do you guys want to start uh, so okay so again i watched the first wonder woman movie and i was like yo this movie is great and then i the first act of this movie i really really like i think it's great i think the opening uh uh the stuff is fun it sets up like what the message of the movie is supposed to be uh and then it's then there's the the mall opening where it's just a like really fun cheesy like exactly what i was looking for a wonder woman fight where she's doing crazy shit with her lasso and just she's doing shit to a little girl like don't tell them i'm wonder woman and i'm like this is dope. I love this. And then the rest of the movie starts happening. And then it just gets really convoluted. And I'm like, oh man, I wish I wish it just could have kept small and cute like that. Like that was so good. I wish the whole movie was like the mall. The mall so let, let's start with the beginning then. Good place to start with any movie. Um, I agree. I think the Themyscira, I actually really like the Themyscira thing, uh, scene. Uh, that whole uh, Olympics sequence is really fun. Uh, the music is probably the only time that Hans Zimmer was like, I like this movie too. <laughs> he, woke up, he woke up for the opening and then he took a nap. I think that's a really cool sequence. It's scored well. It's shot well. It, it is it is everything I want from a Wonder Woman film. Uh, the the mall sequence was a lot of fun also. I really like the the robber who takes the little girl and, and all of his friends are like, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, that's all like- funny thrown across the floor and like hits a teddy bear and like it's like it's it's charming it's like it's like superman 2 charming yeah uh and then it turns into superman 4 uh yeah so um god i have so many notes okay i'm just gonna read that out um well like like, i can tell you like like again it feels like there's two opening acts like you yeah. have the Thanos stuff and then you have the the mall stuff and it kind of feels like two different openings but like that's fine like, do what you gotta do yeah then i, mean, you get I the, like them i like them too but then you get yeah. to the actual character stuff and you get introduced to barbara uh, and who she is and then you get introduced to max and what his whole deal is 
And I, I think that's when the, the film just really starts to fall apart because it starts it starts spreading too thin. It honestly feels like Iron Man 2 or Spider-Man 3. That's what it feels like to me. There's too much too much going on at once. You can't focus on a good thing. You know what? I don't even know if I'll agree with that because uh, I will say that I do think this movie is is dealing with a lot. It's all, it's also very long. It's two hours 45. Mm. Um, the, the problem with it, and I saw a lot of people talking about it, and I have a note about this, so yay notes. Um, I saw a lot of people saying, like, hey, we need to make shorter movies. I'm like, no, you don't really have to make shorter movies. What you have to do is spend more time putting stuff of worth in the runtime. You pace the movie properly. You, 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 you don't waste any scenes. Look at Avengers Endgame. It's three hours and ten minutes. That movie rules. There's not an ounce of wasted time, and it moves at a clip. All three yeah. of the Rings of Sand cuts. Yeah, so you, so you look at a movie like Wonder Woman 84, where it has so much on the surface, but it doesn't do anything with any of that stuff it has in the movie. I was I was shocked how long the movie was and how really little really happens. It's, it's an hour and a half plot stretched over the, the am, extra hour. The amount of wishing stuff, like of just Maxwell Lord, just like, what do you wish for to see so many people? That's like a thing you do for like one scene. Yeah. That's an entire act of a movie. Yeah. Uh, like you could truly lose an hour on this movie, and I don't think you—I don't think you'd lose very much. Uh, and this is—I'm just gonna be really mean in this movie. And I don't want to. I really want to like this movie, but the more I think about it, I just—I think it's fundamentally just like just like flawed from the start almost. Here's Except the thing, for though. Good stuff. Yeah. So I don't think I don't think that you need to shave an hour off this movie. I think you need to fill that hour with something good. Like yeah. here's here's what you could fill that hour with more bar more Barbara character development or what the hell was going on with steve 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 pine whatever the hell his name is steve trevor like <laughs> holy shit you put steve trevor in someone else's body and you don't do anything with that it's just ho-hum i just i so if 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 the if the the filmmakers if patty jenkins didn't say anything about like the body swap stuff and they just completely ignored it i'd be fine but she recently retweeted something that like saying like why like she's no this i love it and here's why and all this stuff and i was like it's, 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 it's gross it's gross it's gross um it's a movie about making wishes it's the most like Im like fake bullshit movie of all time why couldn't you just wish steve to come back i just no. don't, i don't get it or or if you're going to have him do the possession thing like at least have your characters acknowledge that like the cost isn't just Diana losing her powers. There's another cost, and it's that you're stealing a man's life. This dude could have died. It should have been the cost. <laughs> yeah, it yes. should have been the cost that they're wrestling with. This dude could have had a family. Like this and whole Steve's thing. And kind of like like I love to be here with you, Diana, but like I'm stealing a man's life. And Diana's like, it's not important. Let's see if he was a bad person. Yeah, oh, he's not a bad person, but I'd still rather have you. Like, it's not even. A but every thing. single time, every single time they talk about how, like, the renouncing the wish stuff, where Barbara actually says what we're all thinking, this doesn't make any sense. Um, when when Diana is like, I can't renounce my wish because then I'll uh, even then I'll gain my powers. Steve is like, you have to renounce your wish because you have to stop this guy and gain your powers. Never once does it utter out of Steve's mouth that hey, you should renounce your wish. Because this guy needs his life back. No, even worse than that, they yeah. have that one bit, but only bit where they really acknowledge deeply that he's in another person is when he's looking into the mirror. Yeah. And he's like, this guy's got it. All right, I'm going to walk around in this body. Gee, like, this, it is bad. And again, like, this dude is like, he's in Washington, D.C. in the White House, like, fighting a bunch of people. Like, this dude's life is could be potentially over now. Like yeah. his body is reserved or turned back. He's like, oh, that was a weird nap. And then he gets like <laughs> arrested. Like, 
And it's just, the implications are weird and gross and dumb. I think even worse than that, and I am going to jump around because the, the point matters to what we're discussing right now, the end at Christmas. I don't even know what the, what I'm supposed to be feeling, what I'm supposed to take away from the interaction that Diana sees the guy that Steve was possessing. Like, it's just bizarre. That he's okay? She's clearly flirtatious with him, yeah. and he's like the only man around, I guess, who rebuffs Diana. <laughs> which I would think would mean he's gay, but then they'd have to acknowledge that the AIDS crisis is happening, which they refuse to do in this movie. This um, is the most like surface level eighties movie. Like, like you think it didn't like, need to be the eighties. Go ahead. It didn't need it, to be the. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. No, it didn't. It didn't need to be there at all. It didn't need to be in the eighties. But like the anyway, on the point of like the possessing this guy, like you could have even had some. <laughs> some point button there or something diana doing something nice for the guy yeah. or i don't know but i don't know what the point is supposed to be of that interaction and and what is the what are what were you guys feeling because i was just confused i was feeling nothing because i've been checked out for 20 minutes i was just like why are we watching this why is it suddenly a hallmark movie because like it, two seconds because it's a reshoot and because it's christmas time and it's christmas day watching this movie and it's supposed to make you feel like christmas I don't know. I I I thought there was going to be yeah. what? What a weird way to end the movie. That's yeah, the end I, of the movie. What a weird like. Let's let's revisit the guy we basically ignored the whole film. Yeah, I, I would have liked to. I, I I thought the idea was that she they were going to flirt with each other and like oh love could blossom again. But like it's but it just <laughs> but it can't. Because as we've seen now in the future in BVS, she's still detached from humanity. So she can't be flirting and being with men. She's still got to be loving on Steve. Can we? Okay, I'm going to quickly side tangent. And if you want to get back to the Steve, Steve, whatever his name is, <laughs> Steve Trevor thing, we can. We can. But real quickly to the talk about the BVS connections. Uh, every single time she put her hand, out, her hand to her lips and said, shush to anybody, I wanted to throw something at the screen. You. Yeah. This movie needs to ignore BVS if it will have Wonder Woman as a superhero because we're not right. buying this. It's a secret bullshit. It's, or just not be in the 80s, like we said. And also, again, like, if you... <clears throat> the only reason I feel like they wanted the Cold War is because I wanted a bunch of nukes and stuff. But, like, the Cold War wasn't one decade. Spoiler alert, guys. It could have been literally any of the previous decades or a decade a little bit after. Like, you could have... Wonder, oh, you know what would have been better? Wonder Woman Everything? 1969. Put a right smack dab in the middle of Vietnam. Nice. Then, no, because no, they wouldn't have the balls to actually do what they need to do in Vietnam. It would be a surface level Vietnam. Like, oh, the war's bad. Who's the bad guy? Yeah. You know what would have been better? If this film was, took place in 2020. Uh, yeah, I, I have to agree because uh, Maxwell Lord is such a Trump allegory. It's like, just just do it in modern day. What are you doing? Um, I I have to agree. I don't think that there's, like, honestly, the, the, the real answer the real answer is it would have been cool to see Wonder Woman in World War II. That's the real answer because she would have had to have been involved because we'd already done World War I. But mm -hmm. we're not going to get that because Captain America did it. So, uh, and the reason why it's bad to put her in any war, honestly, this doesn't even work, but any like wartime period after that is because basically after World War II, America's the bad guy all the time. So, uh, and then like the more we get further away from it, the more we all go, oh yeah, acknowledging history we're actually really bad after World War II. Um, and they wouldn't do that critically, so there's no point. Yeah. Okay, look. Ben, do you have anything? I think you might have got cut off. I'm not sure. Uh, oh, what were we tangenting about? Something about Wonder Woman? It's BVS connection? It's war connection? I never really got it. Which one? I didn't get the BVS connections. I just thought of her. Go okay, 
So the whole like, oh, I need to be secret until BBS is like, you're literally in, okay, yes, it's a mall, it's 1984, there's not a lot of stuff to get pictures, and she, you see her throw the busted security camera so no one sees her. No, I'm sorry, Ben, it's a mall. It's a mall filled with people. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. I just like, like, hey, security cameras, when you when you break them, it doesn't destroy the recording. And I'm <laughs> here's my here's my conundrum of it is like if you are trying to obey the BBS logic, then we have to obey, you have to write the movie. Well, we have to obey the Wonder Woman logic that they established, which is that the bookends of the first Wonder Woman film with Patty Jenkins established that she abandoned humanity after Steve died. Yeah, she yeah. stepped away entirely. It's not she did it in secret. She stepped away. Yeah. And then she refound her connection due to the events of BBS and the and the subsequent remembering that she does in Wonder Woman. And then in Justice League, it's the first time she's like out and out being Wonder Woman in the world. It was Bruce Wayne. That was the whole point. It's stupid. Look, it's stupid. That was a stupid idea, but that was the idea. So if you're going to be feeding into the idea, none of this works anyway. Yeah. So they should have just ignored it. Yeah. If you're gonna feed into the universe you built, you gotta, you have to do it. You can't mm-hmm. half-ass it, or just yeah. ignore it. And especially, especially at the end, like when when millions of people have made wishes, yeah. there are nukes flying in the sky. <laughs> the world's about to end, and then it all ends, and everyone's just like, "Wow, what a crazy day, right?" <laughs> well, remember 1984? <laughs> oh, what a crazy day. Batman was- doesn't. There was a tweet that I saw real quickly, Ben. I'm sorry. Uh, there was a tweet that I saw where it was just, "What do you think was the most tragic moment in Bruce's life? 1984 or the death of his parents?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "What a day to remember." That's like that's like Watchmen, like a, the worst day in the world. I'm like, oh, yeah. it's just what a crazy Wednesday. Ben, what were you gonna say before I cut you off? Uh, I, I forgot. It was gonna be some clip, some quip about like. Like Bruce and Clark being like, "Hey, remember that one day in 1984? Yeah, that was really weird." And Diana's like, "Oh, yeah, he should have been there." It's like, "Wait, what?" Oh my and god, you're is, right. Clark would be alive at that point. Yeah, you and the thing is, if they they could have even made, if they knew a Wonder Woman sequel would take place sometime in the past, they could have made a silly joke in Justice League or just something to like, "Yeah, oh yeah, were you there, Wonder Woman? Who? I'll never tell." Just something like that, and I wouldn't mind. But they didn't because they don't plan ahead. So well, they just throwing a line in Justice League, or it's like, oh yeah, we haven't seen crazy stuff like this since 1984. Yeah, about that's that. What, Excuse me, what? That's what I was saying. Yeah, but they, of course, they didn't plan that because what are you gonna do? Well, um, there's a the reason why like, Captain America didn't do another sequel uh, in the past. Yeah, yeah. you know why? Uh, it obviously won't work because that would require competent writers. Also, Captain America got frozen in the forties. Hey guys, well, poor Kristen Wiig, man, where'd she go halfway through this movie? <laughs> I, I have to say, like going into this one, she was my like most excited aspect. I thought she I, was I, like I, a I main was, character. I was so ready to see her get to do something that's not just like a comedy movie right now. I'm like this is going to be an action role. It's going to be a dramatic role. This is going to be a lot of good stuff. And to her credit, although it is playing into the weird, we can't let it go stereotype about dorky nerdy character yeah. who becomes the super villain uh i think kristen wig wears it in a way that anyone else it would feel like shtick like on jamie fox in amazing spider-man 2 a lot of sure. people made that in the electro character it feels like shtick which is why yeah. it doesn't work for a lot of people yeah kristen wig wears it in a natural way yeah where it doesn't feel forced mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like like slapstick bullshit yeah uh and so her whole character for the first part of the film actually really works for me. What doesn't work for me is her connection to Diana. 
that it's not built, that it's not grounded in anything. Yeah. Frankly, that this movie should have opened with them already having been friends for a year or more. Yeah. Uh, there's no reason that relationship shouldn't have already existed. It would have made the whole thing far more tragic about her fall. Mm -hmm. This movie should have been about two relationships, Diana's struggle with letting go of Steve and Diana's struggle with losing her best friend. Exactly. That's that's what the movie was supposed to be. And they just, they really messed that up. But Kristen Wiig, I thought, did her best with the material she had. And especially in the first chunk of the film, it worked for me. Yeah, I agree with that wholeheartedly. I think Kristen Wiig is actually pretty good in this movie. Um, there's another thing I want to add to what you were saying, though. I think not only does Kristen Wiig, so does Barbara and Diana need to be friends when this movie starts, I don't think she becomes Cheetah at the end of this movie. I think she just becomes a strong villain. Leading into a, a, a search to become the Cheetah, because her transformation into a Cheetah doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? She saw Diana wearing high heels once. No, <laughs> I, no, I, I, I kind of agree with that. Like, I think it would, I, I do kind of feel like anyone who knew, like we knew she, who she was playing, like going into it, I wanted to see Cheetah. So I would feel like a little stiff, but if everything was done so well up to that point, I'd be like, cool, I can wait. Um, what I would argue to that is that the problem is that this movie's still set in 1984. So I feel like she has to get the Cheetah stuff because that can tie into her immortality uh nests where she can keep up with diana and if she's not that i kind of feel like it can't work it's tough because she already has like three or four different origins um this so is definitely like a, like a new origin this is yeah. entirely this yeah, is yeah. entirely like this is the worst one frankly um, uh but i agree like it's it's i think that there was a really good idea in the idea of her wishing to be like diana yeah i think if that relationship was more well established then you could have her be like when she realizes she's getting these powers and everything she's like diana you've been hiding this from me like that that can actually be a dramatic thing for their relationship and her trying to figure it out but then like at first kind of being excited about it and then being kind of mad because you know we've kind of seen it before but they could have done it well yeah um i just think i but i still think the road would have had to lead to cheetah somehow i just think it could have been a different antique but it doesn't yeah. make sense how she becomes cheetah how she becomes a well, cheetah I, like i understand you know, her becoming I, cheetah uh, well, what yes. I'm saying is, like, she yes. is just yes. strong. She is just as strong as Wonder Woman. And then Maxwell Lord gives her all these things that she's taking from wishes. And then he, she, who turned, whose idea was, a, whose wish was, I want to turn into a human who was I already wanna, a cheetah person. I want to be an apex predator. That's, that's the, that's supposed to be, I agree with you. That execution is stupid. I'm just saying that there was a way that we could have worked in cheetah better into this film. It could have come organically yeah. from a different antique or something that she had um but frankly you you want to keep the suit the wonder woman the the suit from themyscira she says that this is the only thing from themyscira i found oh plus this one other thing and that one other thing is the thing that makes cheetah sure. uh that would have been yeah. good because those be things tie into diana's that that makes diana like directly responsible in a way because it's something from her home that she wasn't careless with yeah uh in, and like, you know, it could tie into Barbara taking on Themyscira and power, and then she connects to the object because of that. Like, so there were ways to, I agree with you, the way they did it was bad. Ben, what were you going to say? No, I was excited for seeing Cheetah in the movie. I was like, oh, well, how how is Barbara going to turn into Cheetah? The second she's like, oh, I want to be Apex Parent, I'm like, oh, don't tell me this is what how she becomes the Cheetah. And then she's... But it's not. It's not because that's not a wish. Yeah. But just the when she just pops out and she's only in the movie for like less than two minutes, I was like, that was a waste. 
technically it is her wish because the movie interchanges the language of like what do you want and what do you wish being the same thing from scene to scene i hate the the dialogue of the script i actually has moments where it just like sometimes he says you have to say i wish and sometimes he's like you can just say i want uh and she says i want to be an apex predator and he logs that and then transfers that when everyone's making the wishes that's the logic of it it's stupid yeah but that's the logic of it when 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 the movie was was playing in front of me and i realized it was going to be like a wishing movie and i'm like okay so this movie is going to be, and this doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be bad. It's going to be stupid, wishy, like, like don't take it too seriously. The logic's out the window kind of thing. But he, you have to have some type some type of logic to it. Just like some type of, like, I know it's all fake magical bullshit, but like the, the my reality needs to be just a little tied to reality a little bit. And like, I, I, people were getting multiple wishes. Some people weren't getting that many wishes. I, the, the kid, I don't know what happened with his wishes. I was just confused by the whole situation. It didn't make he, sense. He, the, the, the problem with the wishing thing is, and I do, you know, I'll push back a little bit on, on the wishing, on the wishing being inconsistent. I think every, I think they are pretty clear that everyone gets one wish. Okay. It just, okay. do, it just does sometimes look like it's not, um, okay. but it's not, it's not totally clear. So I understand like where there's the confusion and I won't, I won't even defend it, but the biggest issue for me when it comes to the wishes is that they say that wishing equal lying. That's the theme. The theme is lies. You can't rely on lies to get ahead. That's what the whole beginning is. So yeah. right. everyone who's wishing is just lying. Well, well, not not necessarily that they're wishing when they're wishing they're lying, but the wish coming true is a lie. Like don't but cheat your way to the of truth. It is a lie. Yeah, don't cheat your way to the truth. That's but that's lie. bullshit. It's not. No, I, it, no, it is. It's not <laughs> a. It's not a clear theme. Like you don't understand. Like when Barbara literally says that doesn't make any sense. Uh, worse, worse than that to me is when Diana is giving that speech. She's like, "Life is beautiful. The world is beautiful." And I'm like, "You mean when you she can't... was Goku asking for all the spirit bomb yes. power?" Yes, and and I'm like, "You can't say that to people who like." Again, I I only bring it up because this is 1984. This is the literally hitting the beginning of the peak of the AIDS crisis in America. You can't just say that about a bunch of people. Like, and that's just America. Like, and, and this isn't even, that's one one subject. But I'm like, so many people are dying from that disease and being mistreated in our country. And you have, this. it's a good microcosm to pick on just because that is a defining thing at this time period, specifically that year. And you have this character who's just telling all those people, don't wish, it's fine. Be happy Life with be happy with what you be have. Be happy with what you have. Oh my god! For marginalized people, dude, I can't tell you how much I hated the message of this movie of this beautiful immortal demigod white woman flying over the people, saying, "Be happy with what you have." And I'm like, "Oh, this is so tone deaf. It's it 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 made me so bad. It was it's so just, bad. It's just not clear how the theme makes." any logical sense in this movie like i won't even i will agree it's tone there's a lot of tone deafness in it but man this is the type of tone deafness that you just don't try you are just an idiot it feels like it came out in 1984 and it has like 1984 politics and 1984 racism 1984 propaganda and i'm like wow that was gonna be my intro did they did they try to do this on purpose because good job i guess yeah Brandon right. and I kind of had a moment where we discussed this, where I was saying, like, the problem is that, like, it's not that it's expressing these views as a thing that, like, characters have in the film. It's saying objective third-party view what that you're watching. These things are true. And it is, like, these, these racist interpretations of Arabs, Islamophobia is hardcore, 
Um, it's Man. it's this very like distilled down to to a really gross perspective and saying this is the truth of the time period and it's like wow no it's not <laughs> may i may i ask um I, I wrote that in my notes i don't understand egypt and I, I i think that i think i'm just an idiot because i watched this movie twice i don't understand what anything is happening what's happening in egypt once the dude makes his wish to build a wall or whatever <laughs> Let me tell you, okay, so they have to go to Egypt to, to find Maxwell Lord, who's doing his own stuff, right? Yeah. They find Maxwell Lord by driving down the same road as he was. In the entire country of Egypt, There's they only one road. drive down the same one road that Maxwell Lord is on. Wonder Woman, who's just driving in her car. <clears throat> and if that's just not lazy riding, I just, I, I, that, that was what did it for me. I totally understand, I totally understand that I won't even, won't even try to defend that. I, I just don't understand, like, once the dude says, I wish for my people to rule again or whatever, I don't understand who he is, what this deal is, why a wall went up in Egypt, uh, what anything is happening in... I don't understand Egypt. So it's a... It is a, it is a microcosm boiled down. Like, I do not know enough about the politics of Egypt at that time, but it is essentially a representation of Israel and Palestine. Yeah. It is a one-for-one one translation of that same concept. And so he's basically, uh, you know, the, the one side getting to say, shove all the others I don't like out. Give me everything that I've wanted because Israel and Palestine have been at it for forever. Um, that it, it is that concept it applied in Egypt. Because they, want, because they didn't want to tackle something that was directly so controversial because that is still a thing today. Uh, and again, like, I do not know the, the inner workings of what was going on in Egypt in 84. But it is essentially that idea translated down. And so by doing that, he's he's cutting out, you know, he's like, I want all the heathens out. That's going to happen. I get my land. It is officially, like, reinstilled to my people. But they're it's like... The, the Middle East is bad, Brandon. Is, but in the sequence, the, I just don't understand, well, anything. And even you saying it, I still don't understand. I don't really know if I want to care to understand. But, like... When they're like, this dude has a claim. This dude has a claim on Egypt because of new royalties, and everyone just turns to look at someone else who looks like him. And I, I was like, wait, is that the dude? The, what's? I don't. There is nothing in the Egypt sequence that makes a lick of sense thematically with the movie or story wise with the movie, or even makes me think about anything that you just said, Sparks. It's <laughs> it's 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 a scene that again you could just totally rip from the movie, and the movie would be the exact same. It is a scene to show that Maxwell Lord will deal with bad people. And in this case, bad people represent an entire country. And it's, it's, it's just even, even it's, simpler, it's, even simpler, Brandon, like even more directly. I don't even think that they were necessarily going for the Israel Palestine thing as directly. He's just Arab Trump, right? He just wants all the, the people he, like beneath them, the people he doesn't like, he wants them out. He wants a big wall shutting them out. That's, that's the thing they're going for. They're going for the, the look at the bad look. And and it's it's gonna be Middle Eastern people. That's who it is. They're the bads. And that's the, again that's and it's for the scene for the what the movie's trying to do. It's just hey, Maxwell Lord went to go to some shady people. Look how shady he is. But they don't seem to understand the implications of making this in your 2020 movie. Yeah, whatever. It's just again, it's 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 shitty 1980s racism all over again. How did she get her costume? Which one? Wonder Which Woman. One? Her like her Amazonian Wonder Woman like. The Wonder Woman costume, the the red and gold. It. 
She got it from Themyscira in the first movie. No, 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 not the gold armor one. Okay, so you were talking about the Egypt. Oh. One of the things that bugged me about this movie is that because she's wearing like plain clothes, and then all of a sudden she's in her traditional Wonder Woman costume. It's like, where'd she get that? She's probably wearing it under her outfit like Superman does. Yeah. Right. That's not one complaint I have in this. That is not even a lick. That is not even close in the in the in the orbit of a complaint I have. <laughs> I'll tell you something. Let me try to be positive because I've been thirty minutes of shitting on this movie. Yeah. Um, I love Chris Pine just being Chris Pine. I do and too. That's, not, that's like that's just. That's again just Chris Pine just being charming. That's not even the movie. That's more just than, Chris Pine. More than that, I I swear, I, my opinion, he brings out the best in Gal. Yeah. When yeah. he's when he's on screen with her, she is performing better as Diana in this script. I agree. Yeah. Uh, and when she's not with him, she's worse. And it's it just it bums me out because like this is supposed to be like oh Wonder Woman. She got her first movie, and it's like it's like co-leaded with with Steve, and like that's fine. It's her big sequel. They brought the dead guy back, and I'm like. Yo, I love Chris Pine in this movie, but like they can't carry a franchise on this guy. Like I like how you started. I like how you started. I want to say something positive quickly turned into a negative. I'll say a quick little positive. That part in the Egypt chase where she sure. kicks the bottom of the Jeep down so that the whole thing flips yeah. up. Yeah. That's cool. Yo, that, that was, was like cool. a like an indiana jones sequence like she's like under the car and stuff like that was like it's a it's a good action scene the action scenes are fine in this movie uh i think that i think that was also a really cool moment i want to say a positive too i really like that the two wonder woman films have given diana a more consistent power set than her comic book counterpart Mm -hmm. um the fact that her well while she does have new powers in this movie like flying and making things invisible at least she has them and it's never like ignored that she has them um and the yeah. thing I really appreciated was the fact that that her lasso was an extension of herself. So it was yeah. just this magic doing whatever it needed to do. I really appreciated that. You don't see that in comics a lot. I agree. I think the lasso is a is a cool extension. I saw people were calling her like Spider Woman. I'm like, yeah. I wouldn't go that far. I get it, but like I think it is a cool way to use it. Um yeah. I, I I like the the invisible jet moment. I just have to say, like they she gets this new power wow i can make things invisible like my dad and then we don't then she never uses it again she uses it to make the jet invisible how is he flying the jet but i'm gonna get over it just don't think about it i'm not i'm not i'm not gonna get over it flying (laughs) a flying a plane in world war one and flying a jet in 1984 is like going from driving a box down your free down the freeway to a tesla Brandon, you just gotta. It's just one of those things i mean like like the thing is like i don't know i just gotta go over here in a better movie it wouldn't in a better movie. It wouldn't even it wouldn't even like enter my radar. But I'm speaking so of, upset. I, I, speaking I of radar, I do like I do like the radar joke, where she, where they're like, "Oh man, I can't believe the flight is." And she's like, "Wait, yeah, they can see us. How? Stink card oh, radar, radar, radar. Explain to you later." Well, shit, Diana. You said radar. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I thought you said rated R joke. I was really confused. No, I I'm really glad that he says, well, shit, Diana, because it's like, yeah, Diana, what the hell? How did you not think about this? But I do I do think this was a really good way to incorporate the invisible jet into a modern film. Mm-hmm. I thought that worked. I think that sequence is lovely. Uh, I really yeah. enjoyed it. I wish the rest of the movie was as good as that moment. I, I want to be clear. I do also like the moment. I just... Yeah. The logic leap I have to make because airplanes back in in 1914 were literally like you you you, you had to manually turn the propeller, hop in, and hope yeah. he flew. Like there Dude, wasn't an admission or a thing. Yeah. This is a fucking stick. Guys, Patty Jenkins' dad was a pilot. I I have to believe she knows better than us. No, it's true. No, it's true. You're right. 
That's how it works. And it's Marie's. a stick. It's a box with a stick in it. That's a fighter oh, plane. And, and the stick is still the oh. same. Let's got it on. He got it. Pedro Pascal, uh, he he is he is overacting so good. He's having such a good time. I would love life to, is good, but it could be I would love to say this role. He's just having so much fun. I just kind of wish I cared about the character because, yeah. like, his motivation shows up like literally in the last like ten minutes of the movie. So I will like I will, I will say that I I cared about him more than I cared about Barbara as the movie was going through. Yeah. Because I'm like I get the idea of him already. He's like he's the the guy who has failed at the American dream, punishing himself, trying to to make it happen. And I will say that I really liked personally when he said, I wish to be the stone. Yeah. I didn't expect that. I thought we were just going to get, I wish for all the oil. And I was going to be like, all right, you got all the oil. <laughs> what do you do? But when he wished for the stone, I'm like, oh, dang, that's kind of, all right. I didn't see that coming. I and wish then, for like, more and then, like, wishes. And then like, it punishes him though. Yeah. But like, it's punishing his body. And I'm like, I feel like there's a stake still <laughs> That it's like slowly unwinding him and driving him mad. Like, you know, oh yeah, you get power, but it's gonna... What's the cost? You know, like, the conclusion becomes somewhat inevitable in the sense that, like, because he's being punished so much, he just has to keep getting wishes. And I'm like, that's... I didn't have a problem with that idea. The execution's sloppy in a lot of places, but that idea I thought was much better than what I thought we were gonna get as the movie started. And I thought we were just gonna get Maxwell Lord going, I wish to be powerful, boom, I'm powerful. Like, instead he's like got this tax on himself that he's constantly, it is in in a way a good metaphor of a man running himself at the end of his rope, running ragged, trying to make business deals. But he's basically doing that same thing with wishes constantly throughout the film. And that idea is solid. I really liked it. Yeah. Um. Just bad execution. Guys, there was a blue portal in this movie. I mean, like a blue. There was a blue portal. Light. It's a beam it's thing. A yeah. Blue. What Pedro Pascal stands in. It's near the end of the. There was a blue light. Yeah. I think I do. I do like the the. Yeah, end. you're here. You're here. You're here. Okay. Uh, I do like the setup. Kinda. Yeah. The setup of the end with like all the TVs and he's like he's gonna talk to the world. Uh. It's just like, man, like to to go through with that plan, like in a script sense of like every person's wish on the planet is going to get granted. Just the ramifications of that, you have to you have to know that like the world's like in a completely different state now. Like you don't know what one person wished for. What if one person wished for Maxwell Lord to be dead? Like it, you just can't do that to yourself because then you, you, the possibilities open up in my brain. I'm like, well, then every wish got granted and everything doesn't even matter anymore. Like who knows what's even real? This is all the Matrix right now. This is but actually all, But they all renounced their wish, Ryan. Every single one of them did. So all of them dying of cancer. Like oh, I guess I gotta die now. That sucks. People who are yep. dying of AIDS. People dying of AIDS. Yeah. Uh, people. Yeah. That's <laughs> what's so great. All of them, Ryan. The amount of people who like got possessed while this was happening because they made the same wish as Diana. <laughs> it's just like it's it's. It's just like like such such a wide premise. You really have to like you really have to make it good for like to make the wish thing good. I'm like, oh, I don't. You just didn't. And you know what? I'll even buy the logic that when he when Maxwell Lord renounces his wish, all the wishes are removed because he's not the Dreamstone anymore. Right. Sure, sure, sure. I'll accept that. If I can buy Bruce Almighty going yes to all, I can, <laughs> I can buy that as all long right. as like it played out better. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's just the execution of. Literally everything, I think. Yeah. Uh, one more positive, if you don't mind. The uh, fight sequence in the White House is really cool. I really like when uh, Wonder yes, Woman. Yes, it is. 
uh, pulling a Steve Rogers when trying to save all the guards from Barbara. I thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, yeah, and she's like, Steve, you can't do that. They're not themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Although I do uh, like how she like, like, okay, it's it's stupid comic fun, and I I liked it when she like hits, she like pulls the Glock back, and the bullets fly out, and she hits it, and it fires. I thought I was like, that's dumb. But that's, that's still really cool. That <laughs> moment is a thousand percent better in the trailer, and I was pissed. Oh, oh, another moment was thousands of better in the trailer. Lightning. Yep. Because the gods, because I thought, oh, maybe Zeus is, oh, wait, no, wait, that can't happen because the gods are dead. Yeah, you know what? I Just ride lightning. lightning. It's, yeah. it's, it's so cool. How would you make it boring? Uh, guys, I have a I have a logic question for you. What else? Okay. I don't really wish they put oh, Diana, Diana's, in, Diana's in DC when she renounces her wish about Steve, yeah. which... I think is a really beautiful idea. I wish that moment emotionally hit me the way that they clearly wanted it to, and it just didn't. Feels like I saw I, it I wish already. It I wish it did. Because um, they're both yeah. acting like the hearts out. I know, and I do think that her learning to fly in the moment after works. Yeah, That works for me. But here's my thing. Um, she lassos really far, right? Goes yes. really far. I, I made a tweet. And then she ends up at her place, which is in DC, to get the soup. She looped back around. Yeah, okay. Listen, she had the main character and she went too far, you know? You're She's going to... straight for Maxwell Lord. Oh, just kidding. I gotta get that suit. <laughs> okay, we're talking about it. We talked about it. the golden suit would have made more would have made more sense yeah. if yeah. um if she was still depowered in that moment. Yeah. I don't understand that you, part. You and I talked about that off air, and the whole thing is that like it the suit means nothing it looks really cool but it ultimately means nothing in the story it sells it's, it's, just, it's just cool looking and i'm like yes undeniably cool looking but like it's even dumber when she, it has wings on it and she just gets it right after she learns how to fly anyway um so she if she had been trying to resist giving up on steve the suit would have been her excuse for like i can still do things and i don't need it and yes. then be proven wrong yes you're exactly right the suit needed to be important the suit needed to be the thing tying back to the awesome Themyscira opening because that opening is dope, but it means nothing to the rest of the movie. Yeah. Ben, you were going to say something before I before we all cut you off. Uh, no, I was going to say, and it's probably something about the suit. Yeah, because I, I agree. The suit would have, um, her wearing the armor would have been better if she if Steve was still there. And then she's like, well, I'm depowered. I'm, I'm hurt because I'm losing my powers. I need the suit of armor because, you know, it's armor, but when she gets her power, she's 100% power. She's like, you don't need it. You honestly don't need you don't need it. But yeah, yeah you, uh, Sparks pretty much just said everything I was going to say. And then the suit gets like destroyed really quickly, so like just it's anticlimactic. You know, no, fight. that's another thing that pisses okay. me off. No, no, shut up. Let me go. There's this really cool scene where they're talking about um that one Amazon who who's basically Linda Cara. I like Linda Cara, but it's like, it's kind of plans for her to show up at the end of the movie, but whatever, we'll talk about that later. But you see a bunch of Spartans, like or whatever Greek warriors, smashing the shit out of this thing, no dents. One above average powered lady with cheetah powers can rip that suit in half, They're like, rip the wings off? What? Wait, 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 wait. She has Wonder Woman's powers. Yeah, she she has no, Amazonian powers. I forgot yeah. about that. She's she as strong as Wonder Woman. And a bunch of hot dudes so yes, you would be stronger than the Spartans trying to rip off that armor. I still think it's anticlimactic the way that those those wings get destroyed immediately. But that fight yeah. sequence is also really shitty. It's 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 set in a really ugly location. It has it's no. It's dark. It's dark. I don't see the CGI. 
Uh, I also really hate the moment since we're there. I really hate the moment where she's uh, drowning Barbara and and saying renounce your wish and electrocuting her. And I'm like, I don't. This just feels wrong. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I thought this it would have been better if. Up. Okay. So the wishes act like as is established later on in the movie. The wishes are essentially the monkey's paw. You get the wish, you get what you want, but you lose something entirely. Barbara would could what she lost could have been like essentially her humanity where she's like, no, I'm not going to ask for renounce my wish. So she stays to him becoming more animalistic and more hatred towards Diana. So possibly in future movies where we see more of Cheetah, she can be like, you know, a better established villain instead of, I don't know, couldn't have been, but then we see Kristen Wiig in human form anyway. I'm like, ah, oh, well, that was the great, uh, uh-uh. two and a half minutes that lasted. No, 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 because Patty Jenkins uh, did an interview where she left it. She said, no, we left it ambiguous literally on purpose so we can have her potentially in future movies. So we don't know if she still has the powers. We'll have to find out and see. <laughs> and the, the shitty thing about it is that it doesn't really matter because, like, you can't, like, the relationship is already not good. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're at the villain point it doesn't have It doesn't have good foundations. So anytime they oh. meet each other now, I don't. I don't have investment in those character relationships. You basically have to do the work all over again, but she's already the bad guy Yeah. Um, because they handled it so poorly. Since we're talking about Barbara, oh, go ahead, Ben. No, because um, you mentioned it earlier about what, how you didn't feel anything when Diana left Steve in the middle of DC. You know what would have been a great emotional point if, I mean, we don't know if she was alive at this point. When we saw a picture, so I assume she's alive. Having Diana talk with Etta Candy. No, she did. I think we're I think we're led to believe she's dead. Yeah, yeah she I, I would assume she's dead. Yeah, she did. It's been like seventy plus years. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, like we, it was nice we got the picture. I agree with you, Ben. Like the the whole concept of putting Etta in the first Wonder Woman Wonder Woman movie really screwed them because they lost the the Wonder Woman equivalent of Jimmy Olsen for all future films. Yeah. So, oops. Also, that actor was really good, and they should have just waited. But yeah. uh, oh well, that's dead. Um, so I agree with you. That would have been that would have been thoughtful, but like it, I don't know that the time would have made sense. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, also I don't have faith in them to like bring that actress in and age her up well, uh, or just make her like a granddaughter or something. Oh whatever. <laughs> oh man. Should have uh, done uh, that with Steve. This is great. So awesome. talking about Barbara, I want to talk about um, uh, the framing of beating up the rapist as a villainous thing. Do you? Yeah, because you kind of have to, because like um, it is supposed to be the defining Barbara going bad moment, and I'm like, I don't disagree with what she's doing. She so beat up this weird. She beat up a pervert. Wow, who's gonna? Oh wow, she's such a villain. Like nobody's, <laughs> nobody's on your side, Barbara. See, there's there's the homeless guy, and with and like Sparks, you agreed. Like there's the homeless guy who who she's like friends with. If she would have attacked him, that would actually have shown her actually being a bad person. Yes. Now I'm not your friend. When you attack a when you attack a sexual assaulter, no one is gonna feel bad for the guy. Right. Again, and, it's just but like the movie is telling you with its framing and music, its music that this is the bad thing. And she's I'm like, wearing heels now. I don't think just, it is. There's no one on the other side of this issue. Yeah, it's it's just. I don't know how anyone. It, it, this is a huge movie. How anyone saw it, you know, going, does this feel a little off? Anyone? Is anyone a little creeped out? No, nope, this me. Okay, whatever. No, you know why? Because this was made by a bunch of white men and only one woman. Oh yeah. I feel like, man, Patty Jenkins has credit on this movie, but like, I don't know how much she she must have done, man. I even, don't know. Even like, even like, 
taking out her like co-writing on the script stuff there's still directorial choices that are clearly questionable absolutely uh, like she's still like i've talked she to made you, this movie right yeah. i talked to you about like uh the black cop in dc and the black woman in the oval office which is just like not representative of the time period at all it's clearly like a blind spot about marginalization entirely um to to just get in diversity casting and it's like yeah but that kind of that kind of works against the whole point of what you're doing yeah um should have so, just been reagan if you're, gonna, a, if you're gonna do the new thing just make it reagan it is supposed to be reagan that's supposed Bro. to be but he looks terrible he doesn't look like reagan at all i actually um, was trying to at, think of it was like who was present back in 1984 of course it was reagan this guy just looks like your average milk toast we need a present yeah. throw an old white guy boom there you go do you remember about... go ahead oh, Oh, I was, I was just gonna just say, like, do you remember Warren? <laughs> do you remember Beatty? President? Do you remember President Ellis from Iron Man Three? Oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah. He shows up in Agents of Shield. He does. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, Ryan. Go ahead. Uh, Maxwell Lord. So uh, I'm reading the current Wonder Woman run, and Maxwell Lord is back. Um, and I've been doing research on Maxwell Lord recently, and it's funny because most people associate Maxwell Lord with Wonder Woman, but mm. comic book fans don't want you to because Maxwell Lord initially was not a villain and he's the reason behind the Justice League International run. He's the businessman who founded the or founded JLI and he was like a nice businessman and then eventually the people upstairs made him to a villain and then Wonder Woman snapped his neck in a big event uh, because he mind controlled her and everyone thought that that was going to happen in this movie and I'm, I'm glad it didn't because that's literally the one thing people know Maxwell Lord by is by him getting his neck snapped. So that's cool they didn't do that. But Maxwell Lord has like mind control abilities so I was wondering if that's what was going to be in this movie and it's not. They took them in a completely different direction almost in a way where I'm like there could have been like not franchise potential but character potential for the future almost like an Amanda Waller but they're clearly there was like nope Wonder Woman villain one movie and done. Uh, so that's it's kind of unfortunate, but again, Pedro Pascual was was really fun as a role. He he acts his heart out. His son is a terrible actor and makes it very hard to daddy that, daddy that relationship storyline. Yeah, I don't know why his Asian is his. Sorry, his son is Asian. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I I wasn't yeah I wasn't sure about that. I was like I don't know who the wife is. You never know. I mean, like I could grant that, but I'm like this is this, this is like for for never seeing the mom. This is a stark contrast. Yeah, and like. Also, like you, there's plenty of kid actors I think would have done a better job. This kid, like, no offense, I'm not trying to be mean to a child, but no, like, no. I don't like. I don't actors, feel. Yeah. I don't feel anything when he's interacting with Pedro. Like, it's all Pedro giving, 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 and the kid's like, eh. Uh, shout out to that farmer guy at the end. He's like, yeah, this guy asked me what I wanted. I wanted a farm, and I got a bunch of cows. Now I'm stuck I did, out here. I so like that in the city. Okay, yeah. so I wanted to highlight like. Uh, just like it, it made me angry just because uh there's there is so much controversial stuff in america at this time period and the one controversial topic that this movie even decides to broach a little bit uh is instead about england wanting the irish out oh god and i didn't get it i'm like why are we talking about this and we're not talking about aids and we're not talking about marginalization in america or feminism we're just talking about this. I wonder if one of the I wonder if like the guy who wrote the Expendables movies is like secretly like racist against Irish people or something. Now I just want to real quickly say uh, on behalf of the Fake Nerd Podcast movie Wonder Woman 1984, I'm speaking to you, baby. Uh, we don't want you to deal with all of those things. We just want you to make an attempt at one or more of those things. 
Uh, I just expect at this point when we're as socially conscious as we are, that when you make a movie in 2020 about the year 1984, you'll at least be consciously aware of the yeah. politics of what's going on at the time, not do things like a tone deaf life is good for everybody or say that people who definitely weren't in roles like a cop in DC, a black man, are you kidding? Uh, at that time period were that thing. Um, and again, watching watching the first Wonder Woman, which takes place in like 1917 or whatever, Wonder Woman's whole whole troop of people are all the, all the diverse, different people from around the world. And that movie is so is so uh, is so like uh, strong in in not being what Wonder Woman 1984 is. Like it's like it feels like almost anti-racist in a time where racism is key part of like a part of the war right this, and like all uh, these people come together and I'm like it doesn't matter what type of person i am i'm here to fight for freedom i'm like that's so beautiful right i think we've kind of i think we kind of danced around it a bit but i just want to say uh writing i want to highlight the writers of both films real quickly this film suffers from alan heinberg not being the co-writer or writer on this film instead they have jeff johns and david call and david callahan yeah. the, um, the guy who everything in the future from now on who write who is writing um uh next who yeah uh but who wrote um uh who wrote this film with patty jenkins jeff johns and david callahan with patty yeah. jenkins um and this film doesn't just suffer with those two co-writers uh it, it it is it is really really badly hurt with those two co-writers Let's be clear, we do not know who the bad co-writers are. They're all the blame. Good writer they're, is. they're all the blame. We have to blame all three. Uh, Patty Jenkins didn't have any writing to do with the, the first Wonder Woman. No. That was all Heinberg. Yep. So we have no idea this lays at all three of their feet. Yep. And if David Callahan's next three films are good, which I hope they are, His next one's Mortal Kombat. I'm going to blame him the least. <laughs> so we'll find out uh, in three months with Mortal Kombat. We'll, we'll, well see. Yeah, it's it's like going into Star Trek Into Darkness and being like, there are three writers on this movie. Two of them are worse than the other one. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, I'm hoping Callahan's the best of the three, frankly. It's, so so I may, it makes me wonder, like, it, they asked Jeff Johns to write this movie because th they were writing this movie, like, after the first Wonder Woman, so after 2017, so like 2018. Uh, like, he's still, like, the big DC head honcho guy at that time, right? Like, yeah, he's still, yeah. like, involved with all the movie stuff, right? So, like, yeah. he, 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 this movie's been in production for a long this time. Was, this was coming out of the same year that, that Justice League yeah. had just come out and all that. And again, like, people forget, like, this movie was delayed a year. This movie was supposed to come out in 2019. And yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, July, July 2019 or whatever. Um, So, like, this, this is just a situation where I just think, like, unfortunately, just, it's just a bad script. Like, it's, yeah. I... Well, and it's weird because, well, it's, it's such a unfortunate choice to have jeff Johns. like regardless of, of opinions about jeff johns or anything not no movie with jeff johns influence has ever turned out good that's that's why i'm curious why they they wanted to give him wonder woman like their biggest franchise scene. and wonder like, woman is notoriously a character that he has a hard time writing so i don't get it <laughs> um, it's just like if it's not broken don't fix it like don't don't bring on I mean, I guess, I guess maybe he gunned for it. Like he really wanted to. Like maybe he liked the story. Like I, I, we don't know. Um, if I had to bet, I think he forced himself onto the movie. Yeah. Because of what happened during this time with DC and him being the chief creative officer at the time, he hadn't stepped down yet. He was the president of DC Films with Walter Amada. Like I think that, which is both have changed since then. I think he really just forced himself onto the team for this movie. Yeah. Probably. 
Um, it, it feels in some ways like it's trying to correct from, from Justice League, uh, in a sense, like it's trying to get, uh, in the direction like, I don't want. <laughs> right. But it's trying to, it is trying to be, uh, maybe even correcting from BBS, I should say, like it's trying to be more colorful. It's trying to be more, um, vibrant, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's not working in this movie. Yeah. Um, I, uh... that, that, you know what? That's a good thing to talk about is because right behind us we have the poster image for this movie. Oh my which god! Is all this bright, colorful. I feel like I was like light, and like it has nothing to do. Like that color palette, the setting. Do you remember? None of that is used. The scene where like she like rips the wings off. Like the trailer like turns into colors and turns into like the Wonder Woman eighty four font, like all vibrant. Like whoa, it's gonna be futuristic. And I'm like, besides like going to like a like a workout gym and seeing some leg warmers, like. This movie was not colorful, like no, or, going to a, or going to a mall. Yeah, the fanny. Yeah, the also, opening scene. Yeah. Also, pretty much nothing Diana wears is from the '80s. Everything they put Gal in is a modern look. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Um, I was expecting more '80s music. I, no. I do want to talk period. about more. Uh, period. I I mean, like representation is bad in this movie across a lot of boards, but um, let's talk about. Mayan descendant Indian man, um, <laughs> which is with the worst with wig. the worst wig ever, and I'm like, wow, this is really sad. I literally just watched an episode of Master of None with this guy, where it's him and Aziz Ansari talking about being Indian actors and being constantly stereotyped into roles, and I'm like, oh man, wow, well, here we are, there it is, it's right there. Oh god, it's so bad. Also, um, we really need to stop perpetuating the myth that the Mayan civilization just kind of crumbled in on itself. Um, it was colonized. We, we just need to address that it was colonized. It didn't just fall apart. You know what? You know what that is? I was thinking about that a lot. And like, you're, you're totally right. It has been a, it has been a thing that America does uh, specifically with the Mayan, with the Mayan people, but yes, it was colonized, but it, for years, it was always such a fun story beat to be like, what could have happened? And that we, that history has forgotten, you know, things like that. But it's also such an outdated thing. And that's the thing about Jeff Johns that he refuses to move into the 21st century, even though he started in the 21st century. He move, he refuses to move into the 2010s and the 2020s. It's just so, it's, there's like a specific point in the movie where, where like, it, like the president just yells, I want more nukes and I want bombs. And it felt just like a tonal shift, like a hard shift for me in the movie. And I'm like, why did they have to turn into this? Um, Brandon, like the woman, was, this Wonder Woman movie was supposed to be like vibrant and fun and like light. It's now it's nuclear. It's like Watchmen and, and point two. I'm like, yes, why? Yeah, why? Yeah. Uh, because Cold War. Because um, Cold War. Reagan. Um, <laughs> Reagan say something? Yes, uh, Brandon, you brought up a good point when we talked uh, the other day, which was about um, the wishes originally obeying the laws of equivalent exchange and then yeah. deciding not to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which is nukes is your strong example where nukes just suddenly exist. Whereas before that, it'd be like, I wish for a coffee and the coffee would just Ooh, it's hot. kind of a kind of a See, that was cute. And then like, yeah, and that and that made sense. Here's the thing. This is the, the, the defining crux of it. The law of equivalent exchange, which I'm just saying because it's the easiest way to address it in a, in a simple manner, is uh, is it works for the wishes in the first half of the film because it means, like, here's how the cost works, here's how... It makes Steve possessing a body make sense. Once you have nukes that appear out of thin air, it's like, well, why couldn't Steve? Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I had to break all the FNA rules. Yeah. Um, 
I, I have a positive. I will say a positive. I, I related to that. I hate the possession thing. I don't like it. I don't think it, I think it detracts more than because they didn't, they didn't use it properly. So I think it just detracts from the film to have it. Mm-hmm. However, the moment where he chases down Diana and puts the watch in her hand yeah. and says, I wish we had more time and repeats his goodbye, I thought was really good. That gave me the feels that uh, the goodbye didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the goodbye in this movie, I mean. Uh, that really hit. And I thought that was really good. And uh, I wish that they had played off that possession more to make that moment really feel like it belonged. Because yeah. I thought it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, I have a positive I want to throw in. And I think it's actually my last note. Um, I actually like the Linda Carter cameo at the end. I think that's yeah, charming I, and sweet and exactly the tone I wanted for this movie to be. Yeah. Linda Linda Carter's character is doing the thing we were supposed to believe Wonder Woman was doing this entire time because of BBS. This is how she's, we're supposed to imagine that she's been operating. Just really low, like, if I'm in the area, undercover, subtle, do the thing. Yeah. Um, and that's that's just clearly not what it is. But yes, I agree. I think that was a really nice Linda Carter cameo. It's very sweet. Yeah, cool. I had no problem with it. She looks very, very good for for being a, the Wonder Woman from the seventies. Yeah, she looks great. Yeah. Um, if you watch uh, Supergirl, she's president for president. two seasons. That's right. You're right. I okay. I don't hate the Linda Carter moment. I thought it was cool. Like she's like because it's an Amazon living in man's world, and she's just like she's like yeah like she's like eh, I'm just gonna help someone out and then, but all and like the only reason why I felt it was there is like hey here's the Wonder Woman from the seventies. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, that's a cameo. I, I just felt like it was pointless to be in the movie, but you I'm know, glad we got it anyway. I it wasn't in the movie. It, it was wasn't a- in the movie. Um, ben, I will push back on 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 that and say every Stanley cameo. Like really, I, it's the same I, thing. Any cameo for anything? It's just a nice you, callback. You nostalgia's bitch don't love. This nostalgic callback. It's because you're not nostalgic for Linda Carter. Show that's like this is no different than like all the cameo appearances of um. Oh, it's right there. Incredible Hulk. Incredible Hulk. Oh, oh, Tony Stark. Oh, Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, Lou Ferrigno appearing in all of the movies related to Hulk in some way. Yeah, like that's that's no different. It's 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 a cute thing. Like I have no problem with it. Linda Carter deserves it because there's never been a Wonder Woman movie to cameo her in except the previous one, and they didn't do it. Yeah. And would you rather it be something cheesy, like where they do have to work her into the movie, and then it might just be embarrassing or something bad? Instead, it's like, oh, it's a nice nod to the thing, and like, oh, like it's it's, it's not in the movie. It has nothing to do with the movie. It's just a cute little post credit sequence. I didn't say I hated it. I just now, said... however, now, however, I do wonder if that is intentional to bring her into like the third film, because I am actually kind of intrigued by Diana meeting an Amazonian, an Amazonian who's who's never been to Themyscira and who's only lived in Man's World. Oh, that's right. That is interesting. I am kind of well, interested right in that. In the modern world, where she, where the two Wonder Woman's face against a face off against Cheetah. We'll see. We'll see. And Maxwell yeah. Lord's daughter in the comics, her villain name is Liar Liar. It's a terrible name. I'm like trying to think of things to talk about, and I feel like I've forgotten a whole middle point of this movie. But it's just that nothing, nothing really happens. Happened. It's just them being charming for the first half, and then it's just a bunch of like wish bullshit at the end. Like, yeah, it's. I it's, just. It's, I just really love that there's a moment where they're talking about how the wishes work, the monkey's paw thing, like how wishes equal lies or whatever. And Barbara just says, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, 
I like that characters can't notice wind that comes from nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> That's fun. Um, what, what, what kind of breeze was this? Danny, like, did you open up a window? Hey, I'm indoors in a room with no windows, and then ooh. It's, it's magic bullshit. There you go, there. That's I, I know that the wish was granted. I really, truly wish Diana and Barbara just like it's it's partially on the script, but it's also a little bit on Gal. I'll say I just don't feel like Diana gives a shit about Barbara except when she has to. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not at no. all. I don't it, feel Diana nearly as warm or like loving. No, except to Steve. Uh, her 70-year-old dead boyfriend. Uh, yeah, she's kind of cold, like, to everyone else in the movie. Yeah, that, which is who she's supposed to be, because she's supposed to turn her back on humanity. But it kind of sucks. Like, I don't like watching it. Yeah. But that's not interesting. Like, honestly, no. just forget. Here, okay, I'm going to talk about this now. Um, I, I tweeted about this. My relationship with this franchise is so flimsy, because I hate the four movies it's built on. Yeah. Su- uh, Suicide Squad. Batman v Superman, Man of Steel, and Justice League. The four movies that it's built on. What? Well, I guess I was gonna say, is it really built on Suicide Squad? But I guess so. Yeah. It is. So, yeah, yeah. And I love Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Birds of Prey, and Shazam. But all those movies are connected to that foundation. They're all they all have tie-ins, they all connect and, and whatever. I like them better when they ignore them. So when they're just when they just try to bend over backwards to kind of be like, hey, remember, we're still part of the BVS thing. I lose interest. I'm like, do I really care about this franchise? It's, you know, what's funny is I think it might, I think much like an Iron Man 2, this might be the outlier. Because remember, this this was like fast check right after Wonder Woman 1. This is before those other movies have even come out yet. Or at least they're during production. So like this might be the one where they're like, okay, we went too far. We can we can make it on better with like the next one. And then you have Aquaman 2 and Shazam well, 2. I agree I would, with you if uh, they were like let's push Snyder's Justice League out in that same meantime that they're now doing. Here's the thing. It always feels like Warner Brothers is playing catch-up yeah. because it felt like they were playing catch-up from the moment that like BVS underperformed at the box office, uh, like got bad reception, and Justice League had already been filming, so it was too late to change tracks. It was too late to, to like, wait, 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 let's rethink what we're doing here. So they just had to shit out Justice League, which was bad no matter what happened. And then <clears throat> now uh they're they've been putting out these films but they felt all this fan backlash because the most vocal fans even if they're less than the fans that are enjoying the other movies are saying we want the snyder stuff back and they're like all right all right let's give them just the, the snyder movie and now already you have that same fan base demanding that the whole Snyderverse get brought back into full effect uh and like it, and now this movie hasn't been received well and it always just feels like they're trying to be predictive of what people want but they're not catching up on the opinions of what people want yeah like, if this... like Birds of Prey being like so so much more the feminist film of 2020 oh, between mean, this and one eighty four and the best DC movie <laughs> so far, uh, in my opinion, it, it like and it not being the 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 track record that they're trying to push for. Like you, and then you've got Suicide Squad, the new Suicide Squad coming out, coming out, which is with James Gunn. So that's I have full confidence that's going to be great. Confirmed rated <laughs> R too. Big explosions. So, but like it's it's always just until they either decide to move entirely away from that foundation or embrace it, it's always going to feel like some of these movies have identity crisis, yeah. even if it's only momentary. Not the and comment. now they're and now they're so so like it looks like they're giving like Snyder the reins back. 
because there's a lot of movement where Snyder's like, yeah, there could be more Justice League films. I want to do a comic. Like uh, he's laying the groundwork, and so it's it looks like AT and T might be like, okay, Snyder, you got your another shot. Well, well, I don't want that. No. But Hamada also said that that's a dead end. Yeah, so, yeah. like, who knows what's going to happen? Yeah, but he still has to answer to AT&T. I get that, but I'm just saying that, like, there's... It feels like there's six or seven films already in development that have nothing to do with BVS. Uh, and and so, I don't know. Like, I just don't see him being put back as the figurehead. But it doesn't... It, but the point being, like, it doesn't matter if they give him too much credence going past. Like, if the Zack Snyder cut thing comes out and that's the end of it, then great. But if he keeps getting a lot of like credited to a lot of things or they keep trying to circle back to his ideas or whatever, even if it's only in some of the films, it's still undermining the whole thing. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder Woman 84, now in theaters and HBO Max. Don't pay for it. All right, let's... I feel, I feel much the same way about this one that I did when we did the live-action Mulan. It just kind of I, hit the... I feel far worse. So let's let's rate it. Start with Ben. Ben, rate it. Final thoughts and rate. Ooh. This movie's for... I feel like this movie's forgettable. Because after I was done watching it, I was like, all right, cool. I went and immediately did something completely different. I did something else, and then I was like, what else did I do today? Oh, yeah, I saw Water Winnie 4. I was reminded by it because I looked on Twitter later later that evening. It's it's middle of the road. It's fine. There are some good action scenes. There are some cool th- parts of it, but there's also some really bad editing. There's some really bad shots that look goofy and dumb. And it's just they they had some they could have done some really kick ass stuff in this, and they don't. Right. So it's five. It's middle of the road. Right. Yeah, I also put a five, and I I'm it bums me out because I I don't think I've. Uh, Oh, I don't, I don't like it. Yeah, this movie's. I don't like it. It's a five. Get away from me. <laughs> Ew, get away. Get away. It bums me out because, like, I I absolutely don't believe in the thing where, like, like this movie sucks, so I don't ever want to watch One Woman ever again. Yeah. But like, I'm not gonna go to it anytime soon because I just watched it. I'm like, oh, it's there. I guess. I still, okay. I still would prefer a Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman over a Zack Snyder Wonder Woman any day. Oh. Me too. I, I would wholeheartedly agree. I not would. I do wholeheartedly agree with that. And I I also agree with Ryan. It's not this movie doesn't make me be afraid of future Wonder Woman films involved with Patty Jenkins. It's just that get better writers next time, please. So five. I think I don't think Jeff John's writing the third one after what's happening with Ray Fisher. So Good. five, five, mm-hmm. and Sparks. Yeah, I'll probably say five. Um, I haven't been this disappointed with a film that that a new film coming out since Rise of Skywalker. So I uh, <laughs> I got a lot of Skywalker vibes where I'm like, oh, the character I like is doing things I don't like. But <laughs> even but even like comparing the two, I think there's still like more things that just like as character beats work for me in Rise of Skywalker than than there is here. Like I, I at least have a few like Han. Han's reappearance with Kylo is worth more for me to go back to than this movie has anything even close to. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a big bummer. Um, it does it it definitely doesn't make me say like oh I don't want any more Patty Jenkins Wonder Woman movies, but it does make me a little bit question Robert. her directorial no just like uh. her directorial outlook because like some of the things that that are like becoming this was, you know, parts of her vision. Like, you know, why did, why was it set in the eighties? And she's gone on the record saying like, it represented the best and the worst of humanity. And I'm like, the way you translated that to screen was not great. Uh, you know, there's a lot of like politics and optics that don't look good. We didn't even talk about it. I don't really want to get into it, but there's a really bad, like represent, like 
the way that you decided to tackle having Gal Gadot playing Wonder Woman, saving Arab kids and getting involved in the Middle East as a former IDF soldier looks not great. It's not a, it's not, it's something they should have just stayed away from it from. And it's unfortunate that Patty Jenkins, who is the director, didn't think about that. Didn't think about the way that she's picturizing some of these people, the, the way she's stereotyping some people, the way that she's marginalizing other people. Have you guys seen like like the, the clip of like when Wonder Woman catches the kids and they're falling? If you look at the clip really closely, it's just like a, a couple dolls that she's holding. And it, she just falls straight on top of them on the ground and killing those kids. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll be honest, Sparks, I don't understand that either. So maybe I'm just an idiot. Um, anything no, else or, or may I... All, all, all it is is like you can go read about it like it's gal Gadot was a former idf soldier it's, it's a thing you can read about she has political the israeli dis- defense force yeah and yeah. she she has political viewpoints they're not they're not awesome but i can embrace the fact that she's moving away from it but even then like considering her past political history tying her into certain middle east representations not great um i will happily pass along an article to you if you want to know more about that but um, it's it it's just it just makes me a little wary of how Patty Jenkins thinks about the way she structures a film and the way she represents certain things. Would you rate it? Okay. Five? Yeah, I rated it a five. Okay, so as you all know, I have the what I call the Crimes of Grindelwald rule. If a movie doesn't make me angry, it can't get below a five. I'm throwing <laughs> that out. <laughs> Is this? I don't have the new rule. Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> the Wonder Woman 1984 rule. That bums me out so much that this is this is the one. It was Wonder Woman that did it. Yeah, it's a four. Yeah, it's a stinker. It's, a stinker. it's a, to, to me, it's not middle of the road. It is bad. It is yeah. from the ground up bad. And I yeah. hate to say that because of how much I love Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. I love that first Wonder Woman movie. Uh, I am so so disappointed that my most anticipated film of last year 2019 was this disappointing to me yeah i'm almost glad i didn't have to go pay money to see it yeah well it's on hbo max for the net for the rest of the month so check it out if you want it's leaving now oh it's a i know so that's a that's a deal that they made it's got to go to vod so i can make some money back oh that's fine and then it'll pop back on i assume yeah that's fair because, you know, they really pissed a lot of people off being like, hey, we're not making any money on these movies anymore. Oh, yeah. I'm sure we'll talk about it on the podcast, but like some of those those lawsuits like uh, Legendary Pictures. Hot dog. Ooh, Godzilla Kong. What's going on? Uh, Well, I think more, I think Legendary is just worried about Dune because they're like, so Dune's just not going to make money now. Dune's just a failure. They, they're definitely yeah. worried about that. And that's being discussed. But they also demanded $20,000 because of Kong versus Godzilla specifically. No, two hundred and fifty million dollars, actually. Thank you. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, that one. Because Netflix was interested in buying Godzilla vs. Kong for that for that amount of money. That's so much money. Okay. Anyway, there's our discussion of Wonder Woman 1984 and a little bit of sizzle for what's coming up next time on the Victor Podcast. Um, like I said, we are still on hiatus, so there will not be a new episode. There has not been a new episode for a little bit, but we are returning with a best of 2020 list. Uh, our 2020 top 10, Ben. 10. Oh, I'm going to do like a thousand. <laughs> but last year, so I listened to our, I listened to our 2019 and Ben's like, so I got a three-way tie for number seven. We're like, oh, come God. on. Oh, right. That's right. 
I was like, why are you giving me shit? Oh, that, yeah, I did do Top 10s easily turn into top 30s. <laughs> well, luckily, not a lot of stuff happened in 2020, so I will make sure that th there's 10 in there. All right, so and we no are going to... this time. We are doing a best of 2020, uh, the second week of January. This is the first weekend of January, so next weekend, whenever this comes out, coming up. Um, until then, guys. Oh, I have that, too. Um, oh! You can catch us uh, watching. You can you can watch the Soul video. We, we did a review special of Soul, the other movie that came out on, on December twenty fifth. Um, that should be up now if you're listening. If you're watching this or you're listening to this, um, so check that out. Uh, and those are the only two bits of content you're going to get for us until we're back from hiatus. Cool shit. Um, you can check out our Patreon. I'm updating the Patreon, guys. It's pretty exciting. I don't know if you guys are going to like it, but I hope you do. Um, there's that, and we got a T Public, and we got. All the things are in the link in the description. You can find us at www.fakenerdpodcast.com. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all of Fake Nerd Podcast. That's enough. I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Ben? I'm on uh, the internet at BenMag27 on Instagram and Twitter. Ryan? You can find me at DJ Tony Snark everywhere. Sparks? You can find me putting my lasso of truth and tiara away until I can be happy about it again. At SparksWitty on Instagram and Twitter. S-P-A-R-K-Z Witty. All right, guys, find us everywhere. Make sure to like this video, subscribe to this channel. Until uh, we're back, stay fake, nerds. Where was the theme? There, 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 there. Barely. Where more Hans? More. It's the it's the, one of the best modern themes, one of superhero themes, and they barely play it. Yeah, I know. I was mad too. All right. Okay, that's the end. Bye.